Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. And before we dive into the episode, I want to give a quick reminder to everyone that Fegapodfo is still running, it's still going, and if you haven't participated yet, you still have time to. If you have not heard the word Fegapodfo before, if you're hearing it for the first time now, it is an acronym? That's an acronym, right? Yeah. For the first ever German expat podcasters donation face-off. The short version of things is I'm competing against Sean from Expat Life Germany to see who can raise more money for the charity of their choice this Advent season. I've so far posted two Advent updates about the status of the project and how you can participate, so check those out to learn more information, and you can also visit the website for more information, and that would be expatlifegermany.de charity. Now, I gotta say, I'm pretty excited to be releasing this week's episode this time of year because my favorite holiday is New Year's Eve, and I love it because I think it's a awesome opportunity for everyone to take a step back, reflect on the year that they've had, and look forward to the year ahead of them and think about what they want. This week's guests, because there's actually two, <laughs> are really inspiring people who have done just that. So my guests are Shannon and Michael, and Shannon is one of my very closest friends here in Freiburg. And she actually was on the show way back when in season one, when we talked about house hunting in Germany. Since then, we've developed a really close friendship, and Shannon's gone through a lot of changes in her life. And one of them is that this time last year, she went through a little bit of career turmoil, not just in the jobs that she had, but in terms of sort of a crisis of, of what am I doing with my career? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? She took this time to step back, think about what she actually was passionate about and what work gave her energy and inspiration and joy. And then she just made it happen. She just had this idea and manifested it into reality. So as you'll hear her talk about, Shannon is now a couple months into a pottery apprenticeship or Altsbüdung. Shannon spent a lot of her year last year working so hard to arrange the Ausbildung and negotiate with the foreigner's office to get the right visa, to negotiate with her job to get the right income so that she could get the visa. Just, just so much work went into this decision. And now she's a couple months into it and absolutely loving it. She has such a passion about pottery that's just so infectious. And it was really awesome to have her on to talk about that. And she's actually part of an apprenticeship power couple because her husband, Michael, is about a year and a half, two years into his apprenticeship in brewing, which is also just the coolest thing. I mean, this is why I love hanging out with these people. They take the time to think about what they're doing and why and find out what they love and they make it freaking happen. I find it so impressive. They're the most determined people ever. And it's so inspiring to be around because it makes me think that whatever my dreams might be, maybe I too can just kind of make them happen. Just work really hard and not give up and, and make it happen. So before I get totally lost in just thinking about inspiration and life, this episode is all about the apprenticeship system in Germany. So Michael and Shannon tell us about their experiences and their different Ausbildungs. And we also talk about other programs that we've heard of that we know about, etc. And I just wanted to make sure I took the time at the beginning to lay out why this one's so 
important to me because I think a lot of us out there, a lot of us expats, we come to Germany and the career we had doesn't quite fit here. We, we might not be able to make it work right away or ever. And even if we do, maybe that work feels different here than it did back in the States. It can feel really intimidating to change your career in a foreign country, but these two prove that it is possible. And so I bring you this episode with the hopes that it makes you take a step back Think about your life, think about what you love, and open your eyes to one more possibility of how you can make yourself set up for success in your career, even while you live abroad. All right, enjoy the episode. My name is Shannon. I have lived here four years now. I'm from Oregon. Um, hi, uh, my name is Michael. I'm from California. I'm living also here in Freiburg since uh, three years. Awesome. And you guys are both currently doing Ausbildungs, which is apprenticeships. But it occurs to me, I know a lot of people who have done one or who are actively doing one, but I don't really fully understand all of them because it seems like every single one is different. So... I've lured you guys here today to talk to us about your programs. <laughs> Shannon, do you want to tell us what Ausbildung you're doing and a quick overview of what that looks like? So I'm doing uh, an Ausbildung in pottery. I can either do it in throwing pottery, so small items like dishware, or I can go in the direction of building bigger items like fountains or sinks or what have you. Um, I have not decided which direction. Michael, you're up. <laughs> I'm doing an Ausbildung as a beer brewer. I guess I lived in Germany for a year and a half before I'd really seriously considered it. I had wanted to do something besides work in uh, gastronomy, and that's what I did a lot in the U.S., but I had always had a strong inter interest in uh, brewing beer and had worked in a small brewery in the U.S. already. I had considered going to the university because amazingly in Germany that doesn't cost money. <laughs> and after a little bit of research and inspiration from Shannon, I considered doing the Ausbildung, which honestly is pretty amazing for any American to consider that you can basically go to school and get paid to go to school and to learn a craft. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I guess the general structure of an Ausbildung is it's over a set period of years. And the general idea is there's a certain percentage balance between how much you're actually just working in a certain business or under someone's supervision, learning the, the craft or whatever it might be. And then there's another percentage that's in school learning either classes focusing on the craft or also sometimes sort of general education requirements. But the whole time you're getting paid, like the company that you're working for is a company you're working for. Yeah, you get you salary. Get yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for instance, for me, I'm in the school twice a year for seven weeks at a time. And that's where I get all the theoretical knowledge. And then the rest of the time I'm at the brewery, just basically doing everyday normal tasks that anyone would do working in a brewery. And the whole time you're paid monthly, like even when you're at school, you still get that paycheck that month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also to clarify, you're not getting paid like the most, correct? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I believe it varies from Ausbildung to Ausbildung, but um, I think as a beer brewer, it's somewhere a little more than like the medium level of income. So right now at the end of the month, I'm getting 700 something euros a month, which isn't much. Yeah. I mean, like I'm always back and forth on stuff like this because I'm like on one hand... 
yeah, technically it's not that much to live off of. But on the other hand, this is such a foreign concept. Like you were saying, like it's literally hard to believe as an American that you can study something and get qualification in something and get paid to get that qualification, you know? Yeah. I also think that much pay is enough to live off of. If you're, for example, single and you live in a VG in a shared apartment with other roommates, even in Freiburg with a really high rent price, that's enough for a month to do for three years. Okay, so now Michael's given his story in short. What's yours? Well, when we were looking for an apprenticeship for Michael, because we had figured out that he wasn't going to be able to work in a brewery here without some sort of qualification, that's what inspired us to look for him for an Ausbildung. And after he'd been working there for a while, I got really jealous and I also wanted to do (laughs) (laughs) And also I had tried out so many different jobs and I had come over to Germany just with the motive of wanting to learn a second language and live in a foreign country. And I had mastered that and I was looking for my next challenge. I kind of came to it just, it was Christmas last year, winter break, and I was looking through my Instagram feed and I realized that I was following a lot of potters on Instagram and just wondering at their magic and thought, why don't I just try it myself? And I sent out, I think it was Christmas Eve, actually, a bunch of emails to as many potters as I could find in the area, not looking for an Ausbildung actually at the time, just looking to learn how to do pottery. And I ended up doing a couple trial days with a woman, then it developed into an Ausbildung later on. I think this brings me to the next question I wanted to ask is, how did you come across the specific Ausbildungs that you're doing? Because I wanted to almost call it a program, but I also get the feeling it's kind of not like this set program. From what I've understood, there are certain companies that it's known that they offer Ausbildung spots and people can apply to it. It's advertised as such, etc. But I've also learned through you guys, actually, that you can also just sort of talk to someone and be like, hey, I want to do an Ausbildung with you. Is that possible? So was that the case? Or what can you guys say about that? At least for me, getting into the Ausbildung was like applying for any other job. I applied literally to the brewery for the Ausbildung position. But again, that being said, they provide that or they they want an Atsubi is basically what somebody's called when they're doing an Ausbildung. And not every brewery does that and not every business wants that because obviously you're taking on an inexperienced worker and you're basically having to show and teach them everything so maybe not everyone has interest in that but at the same time you're getting relatively cheap labor and your your atsubis your apprentices they leave you for school blocks periodically so for personnel planning it gets kind of tricky and i was also so surprised when i was learning about alspidons to learn that they are not expected to stay at the company when they're done. It's actually the opposite. It's expected that after you learn from them, you're going to move on to somewhere else. That's yeah. also a tricky place to place. Like they might not be wanting to put all that time into a person that is not going to be there long term. Yeah, a lot of the time you have to, at the end of your hospital, if you're not going to find another job, you have to ask your boss, you know, if if they actually want to take you on or not. And Shannon, what was it like for you? You said you sort of just started working with this person and then it developed into an Ausbildung. But like, what does that mean? What does that look like developing? Well, she had mentioned that she couldn't employ full-time an Atsubi, an apprentice, because pottery as an apprenticeship also pays even worse than brewing. I needed to work part-time somewhere else in order to finance it anyways. So it kind of just worked out for her and it worked out for me. And I also knew I wasn't going to get better at this hobby on my own after work 
when I'm tired. So I wanted to make it a part of my daily life. So yeah, we just started this conversation. And I also feel like we clicked really well, her and I. Both of us understood what we wanted from it. And yeah, it just kind of developed in that way. Generally, it is clearly open to foreigners. Neither of you are German citizens and you're doing this. Do you know if you can get a visa, like an Ausbildung visa? Yeah, I mean, you definitely can. One of my colleagues in school, he's from South Korea. And yeah, I mean, he's living here in Germany and he has a visa and he's doing that whole thing. I mean, I don't know the details of how exactly he's managed that, but it's obviously possible. Yeah, and I think as long as you have a company that will give you a contract and vouch for you, it usually works out somehow. Um, okay, so so now we fast forward. Now we're you guys are in the Ausbildung. Michael, you already said you're seven weeks twice a year at school. Yeah. So what is school for you? What does that look like? My school is in Ulm. And there I live in a dorm with 60 other brewers. You can imagine there's a fair amount of beer drinking <laughs> as well as learning. We actually, funny enough, have uh, two beer dispensers in the in the cellar of wow. our uh, dormitory. Um, I think it's more beer drinking than learning. Yeah, for some. Um, <laughs> for, for me, you. Yeah, for me, being that German is my second language, it... I have to study quite a bit more. And I'm also... Interesting point on the whole hospital, actually, um, is that it's designed, honestly, to do when you're younger. It's expected that somebody does an hospital with anywhere from 16 to 20 years old. So most of my colleagues in school are quite a bit younger than me. So I think I also just take it a lot more serious. But um, so yeah, um, I wake up every day at school around six. Oof. I go to the cafeteria where I stand in line with my little tray. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, and then I eat breakfast with everyone and we go to class and, you know, it just depends on the day. The schedule is always a little different. But as a brewer, I have classes from anywhere from chemistry to math to obviously just brewing classes and then uh and then there's also other mandatory like general ed classes like uh, social studies and german and and i actually also have to take english how are you so, doing in that class <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny enough i actually don't have the best grades in english in the class <laughs> But it's because I refused to study for it. I did try to actually get out of the class, but they said it's mandatory. It's part of the last test that you have to take to get your um, certificate. So basically, it can't be excused from it. So sometimes it's like a matter of, I don't know, memorizing a text, and I'm just not going to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> The environment you're describing, though, like just like a dorm full of dozens of 20-year-old dudes drinking beer. I mean, I'm assuming it's it's... Mostly dudes, is that correct? Uh, yeah, there's uh, two girls. And, oh, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah, sounds yeah. like my nightmare. That sounds yeah so horrible. Do you enjoy it? Is it fun to go there? Oh, no. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I do try to, to stay focused on actually learning. can be a bit tricky when everyone's just basically having fun. But the Berufschule is basically the name the of the... trade school. Yeah, okay. Yeah, trade school. Thank you. It's not made to be incredibly difficult the school side of things. So I think for a lot of Germans, they're pretty well educated. They don't actually necessarily have to try very hard. And so it is kind of relaxed in that way. I mean, you still learn a lot and you gain a lot of knowledge and it's really good, but it's not really like, it's not a very stressful environment necessarily. You mentioned that you, as a German, as a second language person, have to work a little harder. How much German did you know when you started your Ausbildung? And also, was there any kind of test that you have to prove yourself in German to get through any hoops? No, I guess the only hoop that I had to get through was getting accepted for the position at my place of work. My boss 
I guess when I had my interview decided that my journey was good enough and he could have actually had bad judgment and maybe I could have just <laughs> failed in school and just not been able to do it. But um, no, I mean, I think the first uh, the first block was, was rather difficult. My handout papers were covered in highlighter and yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. But um, now that I have a lot of the terminologies in German of brewing pretty much under control, it's become a lot easier. But I would say that I, I don't know if I was fluent in my German at the beginning of the hospital, but I feel like I am now. Yeah. And so what about you with pottery? Um, what's your school like? Is it similar? It's completely different, like, to its core, I think mostly because it's it's an art school. I mean, it's a handcraft. I go there four times a year, three to four weeks at a time. I do not stay in a dorm. There is a dorm, but... It seems like it's a shared space for a lot of different trades, a lot of different um, vocational schools in the area. And based on Michael's experience, I wasn't sure if I was really going to enjoy it that much. So my boss called some people that she knew around in the area, and I ended up staying on a farm hippie collective outside of the town where my school is, where a bunch of Germans that are in the school as like masters or in their second and third year of studying, um, have their apartment and they have their studios. But yeah, I was looking for an alternative to a dorm situation. You found it. I was worried about living with younger kids and being like the oldest there, um, which turned out not to be the case because it is an art school. So there's a lot of people at all different ages from 16 to 55. Wow. We have really the whole spread. And are your classes similar to Michael's where it's sort of stuff specific to the trade, but then also gen eds? I don't have nearly as much bullshit as Michael has, <laughs> um, as he likes to call it, I guess. I do have the social studies class where we learn about the structure of the apprentice program and just general German state politics. I like that class because I like to know how the state functions, and I think it's important for citizens to be aware of how that functions. So I'm, I like that they wove that into the gen eds of an apprenticeship program. What I do have is theory. So right now we're doing a lot of the history of pottery. We're doing a lot of chemistry, minerals, clay, temperatures of ovens and glazes. Nerdy stuff. <laughs> pottery nerdy stuff. <laughs> and yours is three weeks long per go? Uh, yeah, three to four. And both of you, is Ulm also in Bavaria? Almost. There's Ulm and then there's Neu Ulm. And Neu Ulm is in Bavaria and... Ulm is still in Baden-Württemberg. So these are pretty far away, though. Are the people who are coming to your schools from all of the south or what's sort of the geographical range? My school is pretty much all the south of Germany, besides actually Bavaria. Bavaria has their own uh, trade school for brewing. Fair enough, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And so there is not a <laughs> single brewer in our school from Bavaria, Check even that. though we're like pretty much in Bavaria. And yours? We're not the only ceramic school in Germany. There's another one in the town where they actually produce a lot of clay. It's called Horkrenshausen. I'm unsure of where those pottery students come from. I think most pottery, most pottery apprentices come to our school. It's near Munich. I also know from people who have done Ausbildungs in, for instance, insurance sales, and theirs was pretty different. Theirs was, instead of being chunks or blocks of school, it was integrated into their week. So it was two or three days of work and then two or three days of school. And it was probably, you know, a half hour from their house either way. 
I think that's a very different experience. I mean, these people are either still living at home or they just had their own apartments. It's a pretty disruptive life to have to like get up and sort of move a couple times a year. But I guess you're making it work. (laughs) Yeah, I think that the school blocks, they are really disruptive. I think it's really nice when people have their schools nearby and they can do the dual study, but within a week and they go two days a week to school. I mean, my friend Jenny does that for dentistry. And I think a lot of trades that are more common than brewing and pottery have that (laughs) advantage. Like if you're a tax professional, if you want to be a CPA or something, you probably won't have to go very far for school. That being said, I think we can all relate that as much as you may love your job, we all kind of get tired of it. And it is also nice to get away and have a, a longer extended break. And I don't necessarily think of school as vacation but it is definitely a different pace and definitely like a change up you know and as much as I miss being home it's kind of fun to live in a different state for a while you know it really just mixes things up yeah Yeah. and I think as an adult going to a situation like that where you are fed and you don't (laughs) have to do the dishes it's kind of great (laughs) you gotta be careful you definitely could get fat you know you're just sitting around all day getting three meals and (laughs) (laughs) What a tough life. Okay, I heard some rumors that there's initiation ceremonies. Is this a formal thing or is this just a thing that y'all do? I had zero initiation. (laughs) When we got there, we were told by second and third years. And there's there's a bunch of people in my school that are full-time potters there. And they just go to school and that's it. So they're not working in an actual studio. Then there's the ones that travel there and they're just there in blocks. And so we were there in our first block and there was also a bunch of new first years. And they kept telling all the new first years, whether they traveled there or they were there full time, that there was going to be an Astifayar, which is like a first year celebration. And they kept reminding us not to miss it. And so we kept getting really nervous because we didn't know what we were going to have to do. It started with a scavenger hunt around town. And so we had to do different tasks and there were different second year students that set us on little adventures and we had to go hunt through the forest for different pottery items and (laughs) do a blind tour through the city with a blindfold and it ended at a vigi a flat of a bunch of the second year and third year potters they basically just threw us a huge party there was a huge camp like a bonfire and a bunch of teachers showed up it was actually really sweet And they had a little basement where they were selling beer for a euro. Do you think that your dentist friend also went through something similar? Or do you think this is just like a thing that people on your farm did? (laughs) I think it's just the pottery community is very fluffy. Yeah. (laughs) In comparison to the the brewing community or the dentistry community. And but that's the thing about apprenticeships in Germany, because you go to school together with your people specializing in your trade. A lot of people like they form networks with each other. And I see that when I go to markets and sell pottery with my potter that's training me. She's really well connected with all the other potters in the area and she knows a lot of people and they're just really friendly with each other. And that night ended with all the first years getting their names called. We had to walk under this wood awning and on the other side were second years that like smeared clay on our cheeks like like you do for for a football match. (laughs) And gave us our first year cup. So a second year student threw the first year students like a a cup with their name on it. Uh It was really cute. 
This is just such a strange place that you found yourself. It's so perfect for you. <laughs> it fits me so well. And then your program's also three years total? Even though yes, you're doing it part-time? Yes, even though I'm doing it part-time. I have to be able to pass the same tests as the people doing it full-time. So hopefully I can finagle that somehow. And if you can't, could you take it again and just do an extra year? I could do an extra year. Yeah, okay. that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because the Handwerkskammer, which is like the Chamber of Handiwork... <laughs> No, the Chamber of Manual Labor. I don't know. Oh, God, it sounds so weird. Of, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Anyways, they regulate. <laughs> so it is like through a private company. So Michael applied to his brewery and I applied to my studio. But everything is under the umbrella of the Chamber of Manual Labor. We need to find a better translation for that. And they basically see... You have to keep record of what you do in your Ausbildung and you have to write it down and... They basically decide what what you will be tested on. So they look through what you've been doing, what you have experience with, and then basically mandate what you should be tested on. And okay, just because I know beer better than I know pottery, would this be, for instance, like, I've learned to make a pills. I've learned to make a kolsch. Is it like this kind of a thing? And then they test you on a beer? Or like, what, what are we talking about here? No, I mean, basically, you have to fill out like a daily log of what you do. At least I don't know how it is for Shannon, but for me, that doesn't necessarily have an effect on what you'll be tested on. What you're tested on is selected from information that you should have learned either at work or in the school. But you still have to log everything that you do at work and everything you do at school. And do you guys feel like the mixture of practice and theory is working for you? I know, Shannon, you're kind of right at the beginning, but how are you guys feeling about the system or the program overall so far at least for me honestly i couldn't imagine being away from work more than i already am um it's starting to feel more normal but in the first year you know you're gone from work for seven weeks and then you're at work for two months and then you're gone again for seven weeks and then, and then, you, then just... you take your 30 days of vacation a year yeah <laughs> Which you still have yeah, yeah yeah exactly and then you you know i have 30 days of vacation and you start feeling like wow do i even work there do i even know these people I mean, so it just takes a lot longer to really kind of feel like you that you're actually a part of the team. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's a great amount of time and I do think it's working out really well. I really like it. I'm I am in the end glad that I'm actually in a studio. Like I said, I wish I was full time because yeah, it's hard to split my attention between something I'd rather not be doing so much of and something I really, really, really want to do. <laughs> but I really like the system I go to school and the theory is really helpful when I come back to the studio. My potter that's training me doesn't have so much pressure on her to have to be a teacher and explain the theory behind why we do the things that we do. She can just teach the trade and the craft. And the school feels like the sky's the limit in terms of things I can test out. We have everything and techniques that there that we don't do in my studio and glazes that we don't have and just so much equipment that we don't have in our studio that I just get to get my hands into so school for me is like a playground yeah. and speaking of the end when you finish you have a what or you are a what like what is this qualification it should be said that in germany you're not really going to get a job as a brewer for example Unless you have done an hospital, you will not be considered a brewer. You won't fit into the the tar tariff, the the pay bracket. You won't get any of that. So it's 
pretty much all over in Germany if you either do an Ausbildung or you've gone to university. And then you're considered a brewer or a cook or, I don't know, whatever. So basically you have at the end a certificate that says that I will sit, be able to say in Germany, I'm a brewer. And then I can apply as a brewer and then people will take me on as a brewer. But I think it also carries weight um, anywhere else in the world too. I mean to say that you've spent three years working in a brewery in Germany while going to school and learning pretty much all you need to know for at least the basics, to at least to be in that career. I think there's also generally the stereotype of Germany as being a very strong place for craft work. I, I think immediately of carpentry when I say craft work, but anything from pottery to brewing, you know, and that reputation can only help you guys. And I just still, I still think about this and I'm like, and at the end of this, like you won't have been the richest people for this period of time, but you're not going to be in debt. You're going to be highly qualified. You're going to have lived a nice life. And then you can just keep going and just make money. And that is such a weight lifted off your shoulders and such an alternative path. You know, like I know so many people in the U.S. who you have to pay to go to school. There's this feeling that you have to go to school, even though that's not true at all. However, there's limited options that aren't school Mm -hmm. in the States. And this path, I think, fits for so many people and for so many skills. I mean, maybe this would be a good time to like call out random things that you can do Ausbildungs in. We've mentioned dentistry, taxes, battery, brewing. Mm -hmm. Insurance. What else? A, Librarianship. A, a car salesman, I feel like. <laughs> Next to my trade school, there's another trade school for chimney sweeps. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole thing. It's yeah. a whole thing in Germany, apparently. What is the thing yeah. again? It's just uh, basically in Germany, it's if you have a chimney of any sort, it's regulated that you have to have it um, checked. Basically, you have to have it checked yearly. So these, So the chimney sweeps, they have zoning laws and only like one employee or one work chimney worker whatever can like rain on that area basically right is that so the map is kind of drawn yeah so like each chimney sweep is like responsible for a certain area and nobody is allowed to like get into their turf (laughs) so they have like very little competition so it's a very actually considered a very secure job in germany although i can't yeah i can't can't say we didn't like have a good laugh when we learned, you know, that they were next to us and we're like, what are they actually learning over there? Like, how could you like, you know, how many ways is there to clean a chimney? But apparently they do like a lot of like measurements of, I don't know, this or that. And it's a little more complicated than I probably imagined. But Well, I think that's too about um, you go to the grocery store and you see signs like, come do an Ausbildung at the grocery store. And I'm like, what is, why do you need an Ausbildung to work at Aldi and check out groceries? But I guess you do and people do it. And I think this is one of those things you don't think about day to day in Germany, but a lot of things are done very, very well. And people know a lot about their field and a lot about their job, which I find somewhat frustrating sometimes because there's a lack of flexibility. Like if I just wanted to change my career midlife, it would be very hard for me. However, the benefit of that is that people have studied the thing that they want to do and then they've worked in it a long time and so it's not just them scanning groceries i mean i'm sure that the people who actually do the else wouldn't do the more complicated sort of businessy stuff but i just mean to say like there there's a quality to things that you notice the quality but you don't always know why and i personally think that else the fact that it exists is a large part of why everything is so great in terms of quality no i think it's a lot different i mean in the u.s you 
for example, you go into a restaurant, you eat a meal, you're not necessarily guaranteed that the people that have made your food have any sort of education at all whatsoever in, act in the culinary arts. I mean, they may have worked for a cook for a while or they may be brand new to it. But in Germany, a lot of the time, especially if you go to a nicer restaurant, you're guaranteed that they have at least done an Ausbildung and they at least know what they're doing, you know. We're about to wrap up, but I want to give you guys the last word and with this specific question, which is, what are the fun random perks of your jobs? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do get a kiss to beer a week. Yeah, that's a pretty great perk. Yeah. Also, um, I can use the ingredients and the space to make my own beer and experiment as I'd like. Janet? I think it's a little early in my program to tell. I mean, I'm just super jazzed about it in general. <laughs> I, I love it so far. Probably being able to use the equipment for myself if I want to go in and make something i can do that the studio is available to me hell yeah do it <laughs> okay with that we are going to around the corner and head to home with our ending segment which is called zack 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 it's a rapid fire question round where i'm going to ask you guys three questions that you will answer without thinking it overthinking it just go with your gut you're ready yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> christmas lights in a christmas market or an elaborate front yard christmas light display Christmas, Christmas market. lights in a Christmas market. Y'all are too classy. <laughs> glue vine or spiked hot chocolate? Oh, glue vine. Glue vine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And gingerbread man, gingerbread house, gingerbread heart, or ginger snap? Gingerbread house. Gingerbread man. My answer would have been gingerbread heart. I have a bag of them that I've just been eating for dinner all night tonight. Those German ones? <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the gingerbreads covered in chocolate and in the middle they've got jelly. They're so good. Okay, anyway, you guys both answered wrong is what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on and telling us about Ausbildungs. I have to say, I find it all very inspiring. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much one more time to Michael and to Shannon for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story and your experiences. Thank you also to you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope this one connected with you in the way that it connected with me and have a lot of fun reflecting on your career like I told you to at the beginning. Are you doing your homework? Are you doing it? Do it. Also, speaking of homework, don't forget about Fo, the donation off that is happening right now. Donations of any size really help these charities that we've chosen as well as our friendly competition because I want to win. Let's do it. <laughs> expatlifegermany.de slash charity is the link for Pegapodfo. You'll find that in the show notes along with a bunch of links to social media because you can follow us on Instagram and you can follow us on Twitter at the expatcast. Thank you, as always, goes also to Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. I'll be back in your feeds on Sunday with the third Advent Fegapodfo update. And then I'll be back on Thursday with an episode about Women's Worth Inc., which is by charity of choice for Pegapodfo. Until then, have a great week. Tschüss!